right, Daniel. It's been a good weekend, has it not? It has been another good weekend. Oh, In a series of good weekends, I guess the question is, are we in the title race? Maybe. If we if we if we win a midweek and don't lose next weekend, then maybe. I can't really accept the fact that this team, or really that Arsenal team, a proper title winning side. Yeah, yeah. But the standard just isn't isn't that high, and I'm, I feel like it's one of those things that I've a lot of United fans have been saying for quite a long time. As Arsenal, as they've seen Liverpool, have been racking up all these points. The standard is not high. <clears throat> But people just think it's bitterness. Yeah. But now United are good again. I'm saying, again, every team has some players that can really hurt you. There are loads of good players, but there aren't a lot of good teams. Yeah, there's a, there, there are a lot of flaws in all of the top six, seven, eight, or whatever, and even more flaws below that. So, I mean, I, I'd feel more confident if, as we're recording, Spurs weren't losing to Arsenal. That, I mean, there was a scenario in which Spurs beat Arsenal, United win at Palace, and we're level with and we beat Arsenal and we're level all points. I mean, that's, but, I, know, yeah. I know it's kind of... those. Yeah, and, and in a 38-game season, it's stupid, like, thinking about swings in a week like that, but but suddenly you'd feel like, oh, my God, could this be on? At, at least not... what is happening is there's real momentum behind United. You could, like, it's... We, we, you could have said the previous, what, six games after the World Cup, who'd we beat in? They were all crap. They're in the bottom three or close to it, a championship side, and so on. But... You can't say that after United. Like, 100% genuinely, Ten Hag outthought Guardiola and did something Guardiola wasn't expecting for 60 minutes of of that game. Maybe more, maybe more time. And and it's been a long time since we've had that. Haven't just been, a, and Pep had to say it afterwards, United are not a reactive team anymore. Yeah, I mean, it was a real, like, five out of five fucking yeses on the fucking yesometer yesterday. Yes, for just sure, yes. Everything, <laughs> just the fact that we came from behind to do it, having been the better side in the game, saw out them playing well, and then were able to hang in there. Yeah. As you say, Ten Hag picked the right team. I should talk about it in a minute. Also, he, yeah, he outthought Guardiola. And this is the thing, because I remember we were sitting here Last season, and I, we were discussing Pochettino or Ten Hag, and yeah, I I had no real reason to say it was Ten Hag, other than I felt like Pochettino's time might have come, might have been sorry, and being not quite as good as Klopp and Guardiola was is not satisfactory, and it does seem like the board or Fletcher, Murta, whoever responsible, made made had they actually probably changed their minds. They probably thought it was going to be Pochettino. And then they appear to have picked the right person this time. They do. I mean, at that Spurs side at its height, the best of that Spurs side under Pochettino was exciting to watch. And he had built that team and he'd integrated younger players and he'd done all the things that you would kind of associate with being things Manchester United fans like. And he was familiar, Pochettino. But there's also a reason, and I, I never quite knew why or got the inside track from anyone on why United had constantly rejected him for someone else. There's something, <laughs> there's something about there are three times, right? They rejected Pochettino when they could have had him. And, and there's something about him that just doesn't, whether it's interview, whether it's 
the, the way he builds stuff, whether they've heard something in the industry, he clearly was not someone that they wanted because they could have had him. And and Ten Hag, I don't know what PowerPoint presentation he gave in his in his panel interview, but it and was whether he good. was wearing that was he wearing that blazer with the things on the on the lapel? So is yeah, that is, is that a branding <laughs> thing? Like, what is that? I don't know. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> He's older than us, so it shouldn't necessarily be something with which you are, we were unfamiliar. But I admit that smart casual is not my forte. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Suit suit with trainers of some kind is a very in thing at the moment. So I mean, I guess for me that's half right in that I'm not like yes trainers and no suit. So you got the trainers bit right, but I don't know. I mean, I guess then I think about it. I think what would I wear if I was a football manager because. Suits are obviously crap, but you look like a scruff in a tracksuit in that kind yeah, of situation. Yeah. So I, I'm not. I, I'm I not think sure. I'd go for that. I think I'd go for skinny suit, not too businessy, and and some uh, trainers of some not, kind. And a roll neck, or just no top, no top. No, I wouldn't go for a roll neck. I'd go for. I'd go just go for a tee. So not. I go. I'm bare chested. Bare chested. <laughs> yeah, that would be a flex. <laughs> that would. That really would be. You'd want some abs though if you did that. Or excelf in my case. <laughs> Is that right? anyway back to the game back to the game he got it all right he got it you're, you're right you picked the right team I think I was discussing with Tom last week what team was he going to pick like could we would we re- sacrifice Ericsson's passing range and control for Fred's energy and and at no point did we go hang on a minute he could play both of them if he just sacrificed Anthony who Sacrificing Anthony, that sounds a bit, sounds a yeah. bit much. But, uh, hey, but yeah. if we win the title, it's a sacrifice I'm prepared to make. Yeah. I, would, <laughs> I, would have, I would have played Fred and not Ericsson. Yeah. But I guess it was a smart decision that against City, you, you, he realised, even though last time we didn't have Casemiro, we weren't playing as well. And also, I think it's quite important to say, that team, that this current City team, may never, ever play as well again as they played on that day in the first right. half, the first right. hour that day. I mean, they were they were fucking brilliant. I mean, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't enjoyable to watch, and it's not enjoyable to say now. But that was they were ten out of ten basically that day. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and yeah. I, I guess what he decided was that Anthony having Ericsson's ability to keep the ball whilst having Fred chasing about actually gave you more than than just having the chasing about more control of the game. And I, I, there's many ways to have control of the game, as, as J.J. Mourinho says all the time, right? And and the thing United did brilliantly in that first half, and Fred did brilliantly, and he doesn't always do brilliantly. It's not just the chasing around, it's the discipline to be in the right positions on the pitch, and he really, really did that well. How many times did Haaland get the ball in that first half? I think it was something like seven. It was almost never. They just cut the passing lanes off. All the time, and United do that so well. They just stop City getting into dangerous areas, and that, and then they used the ball over the top to make sure that City couldn't press up, and so the press didn't work for City, and that was brilliant. And as soon as they took Martial off, that stopped working, and it stopped working because now that instead of having two players, they they could get the ball through or over the top or into the channels. They only had one because Anthony wants it into the feet all the time. I mean, uh, I think I wouldn't be surprised if we see Vegost. Against Palace, actually. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And it's got absolutely nothing to do with him being a big unit, but the fact that you can actually play through him. And uh, he doesn't do that. You can't play over the top with him. He doesn't have the pace. But I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, Martial came off. It, Ten Hag said afterwards he felt something. This classic Martial. He just doesn't want to play through any kind of... <laughs> and, and the contrast with him and Rashford, who is... I like, feel things on when I watch him play. Of, yeah, yeah. I think it's funny with Martial because... 
the way Tanakh spoke about him pre-season, I think he, if you took his supposed attributes, he is really very close to the kind of centre forward I think that Tanakh wants. Completely. Like, got a bit of pace in behind, can hold it up, calm in front of the goal, run, can run with the ball. The problem is he's A, never fit, B, probably not quite good enough at any of those things, and C, attitude isn't where, yeah. is, isn't where you would want it to be. But I think a better version of him is pretty much exactly the centre forward that Ten Hag would like yeah, to have. Yeah. And well, they should uh, go yeah, and chuck a hundred million at Victor Osimhen this this winter, shouldn't they? That would uh, might might throw United into the title race properly. I mean, uh, ruin two Napoli one or season. two good signings, and we will compete next season. I think. Yeah. But the other call he made was playing Luke Shaw, yep. which again, like I feel like this is something. There's now there's consequences. It doesn't even matter if you miss time because you're away winning the World Cup and celebrating. Right. If you're not there and someone yeah. comes in and plays well, yeah. unlucky. Yeah, you yeah, no favourites. I, I mean, you would never have said this under Oli, would you? But uh, you, there are no favourites. I mean, he didn't have as so. many good players either. He Ollie. didn't, no. He, he no, didn't no. just have as many players full stop where it would just be circular. This this one would be shit and so he'd bring in that one. Whereas Mourinho yeah. tended to keep playing the same dickheads who was shit, who was shit all the time because he couldn't bring himself to pick the ones he hated. And every now and again, like that draw, that game we lost to Brighton, I think the first year Brighton come up at the end of the season, he plays Martial and Rashford together. They're crap, we lose. And then he just laughs. Yeah. At how, at how crap they were. So I think, oh, they didn't have options. I was thinking about that this week because obviously, because you've got, got Casemiro now and mm-hmm. he's the player that any like anyone... I just, it's just unbelievable that we didn't sign a player in that position all the time that Ole was in charge, yes. or even or even before that. Or before that, before that. The I mean, Maguire the amount money... of time that people talked about how do you, how do you get the best out of Paul Pogba, and this, it may never have worked, but imagine putting Casemiro next to Paul Pogba, you you would have suddenly had so much more discipline in that midfield. He wouldn't be worse than if Matic was there. <laughs> That's De- sure. definitely not. And I mean, I, I just spending... look at the France midfield when when Pogba was his best, 2018 World Cup or something, and with Kante alongside him. And he also it's... had a Marquisio and I've even forgotten now who the other one was. Pillow. Uh, Pillow, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, admittedly, sir-paced football. But the thing is, like, there's, there's that, that summer where Ole gave 85 million for Maguire and 50-odd yeah. 50, 50 for one Bissaka. Yeah. Even if those transfers had worked, it still felt like that money had to go on a midfield player. Yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah. that we now have. But I mean, on the subject of Juan Bissaka, he's been he's very done all right. good. No, he's, he's been very he's good. Been yeah. Better than that. He, I, I love that he went around three players with a pirouette and a, a cutback. It was a brilliant moment. He's still like he's still not to be too nerdy. He still does not get the ball into the final third enough generally. But he did great yesterday. Great think, defensively, no mistakes, and he uh, was, no, he was <laughs> pushing forward. He did. He did still get caught out at the back post, daydreaming at the, like Greenish was True, his man for Greenish. And, yes, yeah, and. Yeah, he's he's always had that. Seems unlikely he's going to lose that now. Yeah, I, the thing I had high hopes for him because I, I liked him at Palace, and I just assumed because obviously you didn't see him that often that you got to youth level as a winger. Yeah, you're playing at you're you on Palace's books as a winger. Yeah. You must have good feet for a fullback, and so it was quite surprising when it turned out that he had not even good feet for a canoe. And then he he started. But what he can do, and what he did yesterday, and I think I wrote that he did this in the second, the season before they got fired, as a ball carrier, he's quite good because he's hard to knock off the ball. Sure. And we saw a bit of that yesterday. And although, yeah, his dribbling 
exactly like beating men is not something that he's necessarily ever going to be good at his ability to plow into space is is yeah. worth having his, his passing range is terrible though which I, I really do think impacts his ability to play in a ten hag side long term but i could be totally wrong about that it could be a it could be a renaissance under ten hag and maybe now he's fit and ten hag's got some time with him that those things that are missing from his game will come will come true i, I if i had to put money on it and i don't have to I would I would bet on United buying a fullback, a right fullback in in the summer. I mean, I know they're keen on getting Delo signed up, so obviously Ten Hag likes him. But, uh, I mean, I mean, I the think... game he did he did perfectly well. I, I mean, the, the the Bruno got man of the match, and he did some very good things, especially when he came inside in the second half, last thirty or so. But it's Casemiro that ties this team together, as you as you said last week. He's Lebowski's rug. It's just he's so good, and the intensity of him, and how much he wants it. Yeah, like, the personality after, makes a massive difference. I don't know whether you've seen the the footage United put out. They they have those low cameras they use for social. Oh, it's amazing! It, it's brilliant. After Rashford scores the goal, the winning goal, and he's diving into the crowd, and he's like, "Why does he get it?" He just he because I, I didn't see that intensity. I never saw him diving into the Madrid crowd. Feels like so. it's a yeah, it's a personality type, isn't it? That he's yeah. and he's it's a different thing, probably like a Manchester derby, like that Old Trafford is different to the the Bernabeu. And I, I don't know that yeah. probably the no, atmosphere... No, sure you never league. get a real atmosphere in Spanish football. I mean, I've the been atmosphere to the Bernabeu. Because you don't have, away, and, the yeah. atm- you don't, it's, you don't have as many away fans. Yeah, you hardly yeah. have any away yeah. fans usually. And the, so just the atmosphere of the football feels feels a bit different. And I guess he's just turned up. And it's been like, yeah, I fucking yeah. like this. And I love especially... the story that came out that he United were worried about, and this it may be apocryphal, but United were worried after the Brentford game that Casemiro would back out of the deal because they were so bad. <laughs> and and that actually what he was doing was texting his agent saying, I can fix this. <laughs> also, it has to the Varane behind him. When you've got, suddenly it's just like, hang on, these are two extremely serious fuckers. Yeah. And it just gives you a proper level of expertise and personality. That if you're in that team, and you look around and there's, oh, there's Casemiro and there's yeah, Champions yeah. League Varane. The feeling that you're going to get when you see those people there, when you think about what was there previously, there's Harris Maguire and there's yeah, yeah. Scott not McTominay. For all that big Harry Maguire. It's just, every, like yeah, it's just people who are like, Casemiro's a great of his generation. Varane is a great of his generation. Like both yeah. of those two, like their achievements are such that they're, they're, they're pushing... Yeah, like some of the best players of the last 40 years. Yeah. And they're still good. Yeah. And it's that level, not just the fact that they, they know how to win and they're good at what they do, but it's a level of security and inspiration that it gives the other players. If you're Scott McTominay or whatever, or whoever, you don't want Casemiro thinking you're a twat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, the other story that came out midweek is just, I think it was Andy Mitten was talking about it on the other United podcast that uh, many, if not most of the dressing room are delighted that Ronaldo is gone. The relief is is great because he wasn't an inspiration. He was, he created tension and he, he created doubt. Yeah, he was, he was a bell end and who, whose arrival coincided with United being crap. And yeah. I don't. And his departure like, has coincided with Marcus Rashford being absolutely brilliant. I, genuinely, I don't think it's a coincidence. It's it's partially a co. I would say the major factor between United becoming crap was Maguire and Shaw being appalling for an extended period of time. That's the biggest reason because ultimately, without without Ronaldo, United would have been even worse last season. 
So I, mean, I, I guess anyway, we, anyway. We, should we talk about the Bellend. United goal yeah. that has got like got CD fans and pundits and Richard Keys all up in arms? Oh my God, what a joy! I wish it was more <laughs> offside than it is. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? I, 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 I want I it to be offsideist. <laughs> yeah, I know. Relative of offside is what we I, want. I, there, there were some Chelsea fans going on about it. I was like, you dudes, you, you won a league title with two players about three yards offside. Don't give me that. <laughs> Don't give me that. And, and, and in the game they beat us earlier in the season, I think, they were the win, their winning goal, I think, I think there were three things yes. wrong with it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. like, I, I just yeah. I can't understand how people have the care, the, the energy to get fired up about this stuff. Like I see that goal and I think... It doesn't look like what a goal should look like, in my yes. understanding and experience of football. I can look at the laws and see why they gave it as a goal. Yeah, I can also look at the laws and say I don't think it's a goal because my if on I think that Rashford does a little he slows down and does a little faint, and maybe he's just adjusting his stride, but he does something yeah. that makes that, that that is enough to, for me to say, even if you forget all the other stuff that makes him interfering with play, that he's interfering with play. And but what I don't like player is the, player he has to interfere with player, play. player. yeah 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 that yeah. Edison would respond to what I don't like yeah. is well Edison Edison acted like he was coming because to me like Edison's not the linesman what happens yeah. if Rashford pulls down his kicks takes a piss on the ball and yeah. Edison looks at that yeah yeah that, yeah, yeah. Does that like whatever well, well like, he gets into the part of the offside law mm. which is which I end up arguing with uh, Mike Goodman who I I do like and he's uh, he's a good guy on Twitter about which is the the subjective part of the offside law which again is why it didn't go to VAR because it's a subjective piece it's not it's not a binary with offside and parts of the offside law are binary are you ahead of the player or not that's why you get the lines and all of that all of that and the and the semi automated offside we had in the World Cup and part of it is not and this is a part of the offside law which is completely subjective and it's about the interpretation of the linesman assistant referee and the referee to decide what the intent of the players were around that and so they have to decide that what Rashford did impacted uh, which is part of the word uses used and feared with a player not play generally but I also uh, which, think which it's the other way I also yeah, and I also think it's the other way around. It's not whether what he did impacted them. It's also whether what he did should have impacted them. Right. So because otherwise you're saying that Edison's the linesman. If yes. that's, what I was, that's what I was saying I mean, before. If Rashford it, decides yeah. not to be involved in the play, yeah. right, and yeah. Edison decides to respond to him anyway, yeah. that's basically Edison putting his flag up. And yeah, yeah. That, well, that's right. The the players, the I mean, I think what happens is it makes it very hard to play an offside trap now. Right, uh, but it's been that's been hard even before this version of the law. And what we should right. say is that I and think it's designed and, for that. It's designed for that. The it's, laws are badly uh, drafted. Yes, and I, I, I think the law is shit. But I also think, on the balance of everything, that that the the way it was interpreted by the referee and the VAR and PGML, PGMOL uh, is that like we. We think this is perfectly okay. I think it's shit because it just doesn't feel right, does it? I, and like United fan, City fan, strange Chelsea fans on the internet or whoever, right? You look at that and go, that shouldn't be a goal, should it? And I, I kind of agree with that. But I think the way it's written and the way it's designed deliberately is to give an over advantage to the attacking team in those situations so we get more goals. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is that you once, like, what's his name? Akanji saying you can't, like, saying that you played the offside trap. That that's Doesn't not matter. relevant. His that's fault. not really it's relevant irrelevant. because yeah. you you can't play an offside trap anymore and assume that once someone's offside, it's not like Dixon, no. Bold, Adams, and Winterburn. Lino, arm in the air, 
and that's it. The play yeah. then continues because because we know we know why the play continues. So yeah, yeah. That, that, and the that, linesman didn't put the left, his flag up until Bruno had scored, right? And that is the mm. that's it's not offside until the phaser play is completely finished. And if City players respond to that, it's their fucking problem. They they anyway they it's in the same with all the pundits who don't understand how the why and how the law has been drafted. I wish the PGMOL give a briefing to all the clubs before the season, explain how the new laws work and how they're being interpreted and how they will be interpreted, right? And and probably half the players are bored and they're falling asleep and they're on the phone texting or whatever or, or arranging dates. Um, it feels as, like it's as, just as, like a speed awareness course, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. They, they don't want to be there. The coaches probably pay more attention, but they should do it with pundits as well. And they should say, hey, look, this is how it works because so many of them are interpreting offside from when they were players. 20 years ago. Uh, anyway, I'm so, happy to argue with people about this. I, I think it's, as it's written, it's perfectly good. But I, I mean, what I, I also I don't saw, think it should be. What I also saw is Keith Hackett in the Telegraph. The top referees, when they appear at big games, their adrenaline kicks in and it goes to another level. What is it? What, refereeing performance? Like what? <laughs> they're they're brilliant. And, well, how have you made this about you so quickly? And then he says, and he talks about an Old Trafford decision. And... Again, it's just like United have been crap for a decade. Fergie's gone. Yep. And the people will say that there's no noise, no atmosphere. So what is an Old Trafford decision? Yeah, I know. And, and really, and, and, especially and by, against the, the team who are properly in cheating. Low, so. yeah. It's just, yeah, I mean, just, I, yeah. I, I think it's not. There's a, there's a city, city blogger, vlogger, whatever, who did a 13-minute video on why Manchester United cheats. I'm like, we're back if... If we are fully back, guys, if if we're now being accused of being cheats and that uh, feeling of ruining ruining days and childhoods is just brilliant. yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the thing in the world. Any, anyway, no doubt about the second goal. So I think it took Ten Hag ten maybe fifteen minutes a a bit too long to make the change and bring Garnacho on because again it gave United two outlets and it and it really affected affected and impacted the way City players had to defend and Garnacho. The, the thing I love about him which the thing Anthony hasn't got is how intelligent he is in the final third. He almost always makes the right decisions, Garnacho. Instead of just lumping a ball back in then, he realised if he attacked the fullback, Rashford was in space and not picked up. And he's just, well, he's got he's, that little bit of extra gas that Anthony yeah. doesn't have. I think, because I, I think that Anthony speech, is also, yeah. Anthony yeah. is also like, I don't think Anthony is a stupid player. I think Anthony's got a good brain. But what Garnacho has is just, if you switch, if you stamp on the gas, you're just gone. And even over, like we saw it yesterday, over half a yard. But you also see he's just, he's electric. So every time he comes on, he's a danger, particularly if he comes towards the end of games when he's fresh and other people are tired. I mean, yeah, he's 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 very, very good. He's um, very, very good. And, and you know, I need to get that. Apparently, they've got an extra year, but they need to get that contract sorted before he is demanding 300 grand a week and 100 million pounds. But it seems unlikely. Hundred million pound players. So. It seems unlikely he would at this point been the manager who's given him his chance yeah, in a yeah. team in You'd a team so. in a team that's getting better yeah. because yeah money money is going to come to him and yeah well look it was always going to cost United a hundred million to replace Mason Greenwood basically and it would cost United a hundred million to replace Garnacho and that that's the price I mean Chelsea now set the price Madrid who's had what seven games in the Champions League. Or whatever, and maybe and maybe a generational player. Who knows? We'll see. He is very nice to look at, but his, um, his tats are horrendous. <laughs> yeah, or Kvaradona at Napoli. He'll command a similar kind of fee, I think. And Faroskalia. He's 
I mean, I, I've seen yeah. him. I haven't. I've seen more of him. I haven't seen much of Mudrick. Farrakh Skadi is a is a is a player. He's a can, proper player. As yeah, unfortunately, well. yeah, I mean, both, both of them are in a position. Yeah, you know, they're overloaded, so we won't see them at Old Trafford. But and for other reasons like money and all that. But any, anyway, like delighted Garnacho's at the club. He's an incredible impact player when when players are tired. And just having options and, like that so, now. Yeah. And again, like, I think. I used to say this, and I used to say there's an Irish radio station called Off the Board. I've been doing yeah, kind yeah. of, usually like once a week, I talk about United on there roughly for yeah. the last three or four years, whatever it is. And I've been saying probably for the last two, or th- like these are good players that United have. Not all of them, but their top level is a good level, which is why it, they were so anger-inducing last season, because yeah. they were better than this. And so if you think there was there was the bones of a decent side there already, or at least some of the best players who could be the really high-level players in a good team. And so Ten Huff has had the opportunity to to build on that. And now all yep. of a sudden we've got options. Yeah, yeah. Very, very much. The, yeah, and and consequences for not playing well. And he appears to, I mean, there are so many players who've improved. There's something him and Van der Gaag are doing in, in training and preparation that is working for most of the team. I mean, it's got to the point, actually, you'd go, if you're one of the players who hasn't improved, why? And it's probably <laughs> about you, Yeah, not, I, mean, I not tell the you, coach. <laughs> i tell you what else I liked about Garnacho. He, did, he tweeted, I don't know if it was him or his agent, but it was a picture of him setting up the goal and it said, assistance to one of the best in the world right now. Right, I just like nice. enjoyed enjoyed the use of assistance because obviously assist <laughs> does come from assistance, but yeah. I've never thought about it in those ter- in that way. And sometimes I guess it takes someone who's it's not their first language to make yeah, you yeah, understand something out. about yeah, yeah. your language. I was like, that's really nice. I like that. And I guess Rashford, I saw. I think this was a, a someone put on Twitter. I think it might have been what's his name, the guy, Statman Dave. Yeah, that he that he scored six times against Liverpool, five times against West Ham and City, four times against Arsenal and Tottenham. And he is good at big games. Yeah. The thing with him has been lack of consistency and that stops him doing it regularly. Yep. But what we're seeing from him now is just that level of consistency. And I said this, I think, the other day. He's scoring tap-ins. Yep. And w- under Ole, that's when we got good under Ole for a bit, we scored so many brilliant goals and so few shit ones. And you can't be a good team, a proper good team, if that if that's the case. And they're now starting to score goals from inside the six yard box and from and headers and stuff just makes like the goal Casemiro scored from the free kick against the other day against uh, Bournemouth those kinds of goals just makes makes such a difference and I think part of that is just having a midfield that you're dominating the ball more and you're you don't have to rely on bangers because you're exerting pressure yeah he, and he's not even he's not even it's not like this is I mean it's a hot streak literally it's hot streak nine in a row but he's not even exceeding his expected stats this season. So it's it's not like I even expect, I don't expect him to score a goal a game for the rest of the season. Uh, but he is getting in the right positions, putting pulling off enough shots, which historically he hasn't done. And 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 he's consistent and he's injury free. And, and if this stays the same until the end of the season, he's going to score lots of goals. We're, he should we're get chances the player in every he game. Have been. Yeah, he should get, he's good enough to get chances in every game. And he plays with good players now. So, and good players all over the place. So it just makes, it's amazing really, isn't it? That having good players makes a better football team. 
He should be able to play off Weghorst as well. He really should. I mean, I know, I mean, Weghorst has a good record in Germany. I know he's crap at Burnley, but everyone was crap at Burnley. And the more I think about this one, the more I, I'm actually, okay, this is this is not, not bad for six months. And we'll see, they may even extend it if, if he does really well. I'm absolutely uh, sure he thinks he's playing to stay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I could do that. I mean, I don't know whether, I don't think they've got an option in steel. Bazik test is, it was only 10 million euros and maybe, may I mean, obviously he's got a few years on his contract at Burnley, but he has good feet for a big man None. and all of that. He's nice with the ball and he's clever as we've seen with that. that I think he'll do all right. And, and he's, he's a bit a, nasty he's a decent as finisher. well. Yeah. He's, he's a bit nasty as well, but I think, which is, I think that, I mean, maybe if say he does well, there's not money in the summer and De Jong is available, then that would be a way he might get to stay. I said last week that if, if we sign a proper striker in the summer, then I maybe feel like we'd want to not have him around if we had someone young who was good. Yeah, but, sure. But if, I mean, if he does well, he, I mean, I'm sure if he does well, he will get to stay. Yeah. I mean, I also, I mean, apparently he's, he's brimming with confidence. Dean Henderson levels of confidence. And that put players <laughs> off at Burnley. I don't think it'll be a problem at United. There's going to be a lot of big personalities there. So anyway, we'll, we'll see that. I, I, we may well, as you say, see it on Wednesday if Mar- Martial has declared himself unfit for the 100th time in his I, United I mean, career. Or, or even, 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 even otherwise, he's yeah, signed I mean, him he was, now. He was so abysmal in that first half that, yeah. Um, we've signed him now he's got to play yeah. so yeah I wouldn't be surprised if we if yeah. we saw him then anyway back to Rashford I, I love everything about him at the moment not, not only is he scoring those tap-ins and, and finishing ones that I don't expect him to finish the finish against Charlton in midweek where he just lofted it over from a very tight position he used to miss those a lot he did miss a couple of chances in midweek as well but he's getting all, more consistent he's busy to play happen. from the is left it? or inside so he's got two options and from the right and from the right. He's got better he, on the right, actually. Yeah. He doesn't score as many off the right for obvious reasons. But if he's if he's learned the Cristiano Ronaldo thing of drifting into the right space at the right time for, as for, as a wide play and still scoring 20 goals a season, that's uh, that's going to be just so good. So <clears> just, yeah. just get a player for, for him to play off. Because I always, I, I'm, I, I hope that he was going to get to this. I mean, someone said to me on Twitter, like probably not, not that long ago, I know you love him, but... He's not. He's not, not going to make him. What I said was, I think he's got the talent to, and but I guess if I was betting, I'd say that his level is a, the highest possible rotation player you could get in a team that wins stuff, proper stuff. But yeah, it looks like that's that's in fact not the case. And mm. obviously, we still need to see a bit more, but. I don't know. It just it does feel like he's hit a level now, just because there are so. It feels not just like he's on a scoring streak, but there are more facets to his game, and he understands the game so much better. He understands what he needs to do so much better, and he's playing in a team set up to get the best from him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's all true. It's playing out in his his numbers as well. I mean, I, I like looking looking at his record over the last well this season and and over the last year or so. He's up to absolutely elite levels in terms of goals and expected goals. He's like he's just not outperforming those stats. He is just a very good player. Yeah, he he is. A, he, he's yeah. He's he's a player, and uh... he's a player. And United are a team. I can't believe we're actually back. It's taken ten years. I mean, so. imagine. Yeah, like we're only we get we're a little bit good now. Imagine the collective loss of noggin around in this country if we get properly good. 
Oh, it's going to be brilliant. I just, there's nothing, there's nothing like football to inspire people for good and bad, for bad, as we saw with Everton this week. And there's nothing like Manchester United to wind people up. It's brilliant. It's just, it is the collective world-class one. And it just, everyone loses their mind when Manchester United are playing well or get something that's <laughs> like even marginally controversial. It, it's brilliant. And and all the usuals, Piers Morgan and Richie Keyes are like having a go on Twitter. It's great. Love it. Love it. All of it. Finally back. And and, and it feels like it's going to stay that way. Like, we don't know what's going to happen with new ownership. They are, they are apparently not that far off closing in on preferred bids. So it seems like it could well happen before the summer. It would be good for it to happen before the summer. So we understand. I mean, we could get a Todd Bowley type come in and want to wave his big dick around and that could disrupt things or or a state who wants to install his son as manager or something like that. But <laughs> if they've got half a sense, they know they've got a good guy in, in Eric Ten Hag who knows what he's doing. They've got structure around him in Fletcher and Murtar to control what the money's been spent on. And if there's more money, especially if the wipeout of the debt, there's a piece in the Telegraph actually this week, I wanted to mention this, talking about a big banner, exclusive in capital letters, which said United won't be able to spend any money because of financial fair play or uh, financial sustainability, as it's now called, which basically is this ramp to you'll only be able to spend 70% of your revenue on, on, on football. And it kind of takes away all the... the provisions around capital costs and stuff like that that were in play before you could delete stuff that you spent on your stadium or your youth program and stuff like that so now it's 70 percent of revenue in four years time 90 percent next year 80 percent the year after and so on and and uh, they basically did a back of the envelope calculation that said you know it would be in trouble and so there are rules around debt and stuff like that and i just it's actually not true. United <laughs> will be perfectly fine because the people who come in are not going to keep the debt. They're going to wipe it out, it, it, and they'll inject, they'll wipe out that debt as as equity. It'll be in their interest to do that. It's one hundred percent what's going to happen when someone spends six, five, six, seven, eight billion pounds on a on an asset. And and compared to rivals, United will be in a very good financial position. So anyway, I just want to know. And ultimately, the only, they just didn't do enough. Because yeah. the only way you can get any money out of this out of the investment. Is it's like, be like being good. You've got yeah. to be good now because there are more teams getting in the Champions League and yeah, yeah. two of the yeah, ones yeah. you're competing with are owned by states. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So United, it's very true. I mean, it could be a vanity purchase, of course. And if it's a state-run project, they're, they're going to want United to be good. Which, uh, which really, states could really, possibly be in the mix at this point? There's, there's hardly any. I mean... Dubai, Bahrain, and neither of them really. Well, I mean, they can afford a club because, like, any state can afford five, six, seven, eight billion. But they're not tip. They're not historically the ones with loads of money in the Middle East. But, but yeah, I mean, they've done a tour around every despot and state on the planet, <laughs> apparently, and some American private equity, which is still my bet, which is where it all will come from. Anyway, I, I wanted to, I wanted to reassure people that I don't. And think also, the, be a it was it was caveated with "Don't qualify for the Champions League." Yes, it was. Um, yeah, that so. it's. I it seemed Liverpool would do well to make up ten points on us at this point. They're not. So really, it. it looks like and Chelsea. Spurs are rubbish. So really, yeah, I was going to say, it looks like the only team that could really even dream about catching the current top four are Tottenham and they're crap. Yeah. And and Conte's doing his very, very, very best to make sure they are crap. So anyway, it, it's I, I think United are in very good position. I think we're better than Newcastle, who are on a really hot streak. I mean, it's a season-long hot streak at this stage, but... They got away with one today. They but, did. Yeah. 
they did. So I, I'm pretty. I'm actually feeling very confident that United will be in the top four, and it's important for a lot of reasons. Not least that there would be a big discount on the Adidas deal, this drop in revenue that impacts the players because they take a, a big cut in wages, which impacts the signing players. So, or it's it's actually it's actually structured as bonuses. So it's very very highly incentivized contracts at United, as they should. I think that's fair for players to earn more money if the club's earning more money, and that's what. As Alan Sugar said, it's prune juice. Money in football comes in one end, goes out the other as play, <laughs> players' wages. And so, always has done. I I liked uh, talking back to Ten Hag because we started talking about him. I, I read, copied a couple of lines that he came out with. And apart from the terrible ones that he said about Mark Overmars, like the stuff that's actually important, about yeah. what he said about, about what he said about Mark Overmars and uh, trying to sign, what's his name, Arnautovic. Yeah. He has really, like, hasn't put a foot wrong. He said, so this is why I came to Manchester United. This club is a monster. Old Trafford is a staging with the right vibe. If you manage to light the fire, you get an amazing experience. And then he uh, and then he also said, fans may dream. We have to keep our feet on the ground and face that our game has a lot to improve. It can't happen that after half time we're losing so much control. It isn't necessary. Which is another, yeah. just something that someone who is in, someone who spoke English as their first language might not have said, but it isn't necessary. Is just yeah. like really like sums it up very nicely, and he, yeah, he is good. He's good, and and I, I think that points to to one of the things he does. So I'm sure the United won, and there'll be a huge vibe that a lot of the focus of of this week and the post match analysis they all do, or the video analysis would be on why they lost control. By the way, it took him a little bit of time to adjust to to the changes Pep made. So I don't think it, it's a nine out of ten performance from Ten Hag yeah. because he got it absolutely right from the beginning. It just he didn't adjust quick enough. But other, but team, and other, other teams are good, and other managers are yeah. good. Yeah. So so yeah, I, I, you got to expect that, that you got to expect that to happen. Just as you, City had that kind of fifteen minutes or whatever twenty minutes when they were when yeah. they were superior. Yeah, twenty and, twenty. Yeah, that's yeah. You, you wouldn't expect to dominate them for 19. Pep said he'd been thinking some really crazy things. It's a real shame he didn't do it. I, I, I like it when Pep does crazy things like put a left back in midfield or something or play six up front or or, or, or more likely none up front and 12 midfielders. So, yeah. But he, he actually came out with a fairly sta- standard Pep side, which United beat fair and square. Nothing to do with offside goals or anything like that. They just set up well and controlled the game for the most part. Good without. Yeah. Okay, United have a game against Crystal Palace in midweek. Palace are not really doing very well at the moment. It may, yeah, it turns out maybe the Vieira is crap after all. Because he was crap at he was crap at Nice. Somehow, and, and the, um, whatever New York Red Bull, and then was good. Then somehow got this job and bought some good players. And it's like, oh, maybe he's good, or maybe, but yeah, maybe he isn't good. Also, but Palace, one of my, that's one of my preferred teams in the league to watch. Out, out, out of the if yeah, if I have if I'm doing a game for work or and it's not one of the one of the big games. Palace yep. are one of the teams I most want to watch because I think that Michael Elise and Eberich Eze are beautiful yeah. footballers. Love, love, love watching them both. Just, a, I think I've said this before, such a good movie. He just looks like a real player, doesn't he? I think he does have a level that's above where he's at now. And they just keep, they're just, I mean, obviously, they're just very inconsistent. 
and they lose some really crap sides. I mean, lost a full full and really good side and Forest recently. And Forest, come on! I mean, there's something going wrong if you're losing to Forest. <laughs> some of the greatest football food in the world is to be had next door to Selhurst Park. Also, tasty jerk for right. anyone who's going. Yeah, apart from hey, so, I mean, it's not, not Jews, it's not kosher. So I, I can't recommend a... it to anyone Jewish, but to everyone else, right? I understand that it might be quite good. Very good. It's a real pain in the ass to get to, though, isn't it? Palace, especially like it's in one of those islands of non non good transport links in the in London that happen. But uh, it's, it, it, I mean, it's it's sort of semi London, I would say Croydon. Yeah, yeah, Croydon. I'm, I mean, it's sort of one of those places that's become London. I I used to I, I remember arguing about this once because I is because I'm from London, but also somewhere that might be London isn't London. So is London London postcode or is London environs of the M5 of the M25, which is massive, or is yep. it a tube station or is it borough? Yeah. And I think uh, yeah, Palace is one of those that is borough, but not yeah, postcode. Yeah. yeah. I can't um, remember what the train station is. You get off and then have to walk miles from. There's a Norwood. Uh, Norwood. Norwood, maybe. That's it, Norwood. I think I've been, yeah, yeah. but I was kind of hoping someone was going to drive me there, but it is now looking like, yeah, it, it's, it's a train You're situation. You're going to have to get public transport. It's one you. of those places, Sel- like Selhurst Park, I, that's not near anywhere. Like I, I could, I, when I'm when I'm doing a live blog of a football match, one of my repeated lines that I try out, given that I've done hundreds of these, yeah. I've written millions of words on, is that if someone boots takes a shot and it goes miles away, the game could be anywhere, and I'll say but somewhere in the vicinity of Selhurst Park because yeah, it's yeah. just one of those places that isn't near anything. Anyway, United going there in great form, if Palace or not, and uh, and this should be another United win. And um, why not? I just, like. I, I think mean, of course there's seeing... reasons, but but we, there will be another game plan from Ten Hag, very different. You know, we'll look to control this in a different way. So probably Ericsson back in central midfield, although Fred was very good. It feels like in at the top end of the table, the teams that are good, even though I don't think that they're as good as the best teams I've seen before, have got that have got ways of making sure they win almost all the games, and part of it is probably freshness and ability to rotate although Arsenal haven't done a lot of that this season but yeah, they found a way up they found a way of beating almost everyone twice I mean Arsenal's points tally this season is immense yeah 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 they could end up in the 90s if they carry on like this there's reasons to think they won't but yeah they are they are doing what the great United sides of the 90s and early noughties did not which is rack up huge points totals I mean that's partly because I mean United got loads of points in 2000, 2000 in 99-2000 but yeah in I guess United United in the mid in the middle of the noughties, United were also going for European Cups and getting to FA and trying to win FA Cups and winning League Cups. So they were playing they were playing a lot more games, so probably compromising a little bit more. But nevertheless, like Arsenal do have an inordinate number of points. And it I just it feels like and I don't know if it's like a systemized thing, that because football is more systemic and analytical than before, means that the good teams have found ways they're more aware of where they can where they can hurt the less good teams because there's people watching every game assessing how you fuck these teams up yeah and so stuff that was more relevant before is less relevant now whether it's home advantage home crowd or whatever or inclement weather those kind of peripherals have been taken out of the equation a little bit more by the by the elite don't they yes 
And 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 the way the Premier League, although it is more equitable than almost every other league, uh, bar the Bundesliga, when it comes to money, the way that it's been restructured year after year is that the the money is the like the waiting for performance keeps going up. So there is more money at the top end than there used to be, and Champions League money keep keeps going up. So those who are regularly in the Champions League are, yes. are regularly getting orders of magnitude more than those below. But I don't think that, that I don't think that that's the reason why we didn't see as much of this before necessarily i think that i think that it's more just there's a better understanding of of the teams that you play and what what you need to do to beat them yeah, as you say like the well the money itself it gives you it gives you the ability to have players on the bench one of the things that would equalize things is definitely back to two subs for sure yeah it really would yeah, you, you, the ability to well, it's the difference, and there was a bunch of academic stuff on this when five subs came in during the the pandemic. It the difference in quality between like one to eleven and eleven to twenty two. That's the thing that really matters. And you have a big drop off, and you got a problem. And obviously, there's as you have more more money, you can pay players who are better who could be playing every week. Another club, but to also stay you at play more club, games, and so there's more games for everyone. Yeah, and. Um, and as you say, now there's five subs. You've got a pretty good chance of getting on. Yeah, yeah. You've changed half your outfield. And and those who do it effectively, it really can change with that. So anyway, I, I think I think United in a great position to rack up another three points as we're looking towards. I know what mid-70s mid would be a very good points total for United in historically the last 10 years. <laughs> and, and given how badly we start the season, uh, would be very good. We've got a goal difference of plus eight getting into nosebleed territory here. Plus eight. I mean, it's it's a bit it's it's a bit because 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 we lost by well four to Brentford and three to City in that first game. It's a bit distorted. It probably shouldn't be that low, but given given United's results, well, yeah, I mean, get, getting into getting into like seventy five points would get United in the Champions League definitely, and it's the kind of it's where we're headed. Yeah, we. I would be pretty surprised if we managed to make enough of a mess of this from here to not get next season's Champions League. Yeah, yeah. Great. I, I think that's it. Backers, stay tuned. We'll chat a bit about football this weekend and everyone else will see you off the Palace game. Thanks a lot. Please. No question about that. It's supported by you, our listeners, through patreon.com forward slash NQAT pod where you can get access to our weekly ad-free bonus episode talking about football around the Premier League and Europe.